The Chosen Families Project, where everybody is welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of The Chosen Families Project. My name is Julian Rebello, and today we are talking about the story of Baker and Murdy Pond. So I recovered this photograph in a local store in my town, and they were selling a large collection of old photographs. It was actually a really cool store. They had like a lot of morbid oddities and stuff like that. And they were selling the photos fairly cheap. And as someone with my kind of work does as a genealogist, I looked through the photos and I found a couple with names and I bought them for a very fair price. So on the back of the photograph, it has a photographer studio from Marshall, Michigan listed, and the names of Murdy and Baker Pond shown, noted as brother and sister. So I was like, okay, cool, this could be an easy find. And Murdy in the photograph, they were both young children at the time this photograph was taken, and Murdy looked older than her brother Baker in the photograph. So after some quick research through some family tree databases on ancestry, I was actually able to locate some well-researched trees for the family, and I'm very happy to announce that I actually returned this photograph back to the relative already. So here is the story of the Pond family and the siblings Baker and Murdy Pond from Marshall, Michigan. And to begin, I'm going to start with their parents. Baker and Murdy Pond were born to parents James Edgerly Pond and Eliza A. Stilson. James was born on the 14th of September, 1820, in Burke, Franklin, New York. His wife Eliza born sometime in 1829 in Jefferson County, New York. The couple would marry on the 16th of February, 1845, in Marshall Calhoun County, Michigan. By the 1850s, according to the 1850 census, James and his family lived in Eckford, Calhoun, Michigan. It appears that James might have served in the Civil War, but I couldn't find really any records. I tried on family search to kind of add to the dialogue, but the only thing that I had found was his registration record from 1863 in Marshall, Michigan, and he registered at the age of 42. And during his lifetime, he had worked as a farmer. Now, the couple would have six children together, Mary Jane Jenny Pond, born 1851, with no death date listed, I'm assuming a stillborn child, Lois Pond, born 1852 and died in 1852, James Pond, born 1853 to 1941, James Olson Pond, from 1854 to 1938, Murdy Pond, who was born on the 21st of July, 1867, and Baker C. Pond, born on the 27th of August, 1870. So they were the youngest children from this family. And all of the children were born in Calhoun County, Michigan. Now, James and Eliza lived in Marshall Calhoun County, Michigan throughout the rest of their lives. James would pass on the 18th of April, 1898, in Marshall, Michigan at the age of 77. Eliza would pass on the 15th of January, 1923, at the age of 93. The couple is buried in Lion Lake Cemetery, located in Wright's Corners, Calhoun, Michigan. And with this, I actually was able to locate a ton of other records for James following his death that I also wanted to include. So, James had an obituary listed from his Find a Grave Memorial page from Marshall, Michigan, from the Marshall, Michigan News, from April 22nd, 1898, which reads, Marshall, Michigan News, Friday, April 22nd, 1898, North Marshall. Mr. James Pond died at his home Sunday, April 17th, after a lingering illness of more than two years. The funeral was held at his late home Tuesday, April 19th. Dr. Hunting officiating. 
burial was at Lion Lake. Now, I also found a record for his wife's obituary, Eliza, and that was also from her Find a Grave Memorial page from the Evening Chronicle in Marshall, Michigan, which reads, Tuesday, January 16th, 1923, local items. Miss Eliza Pond, widow of the late James E. Pond, died at the home of her son, Baker Pond, in Marshall Township, Monday afternoon at 2.30 o'clock of old age, after an illness of two weeks. Mrs. Pond was born in Jefferson County, New York, on April 7, 1829. She was married to James E. Pond in 1846, and the young couple began housekeeping on a farm which Mr. Pond worked on shares. In 1853, they bought the home in Marshall Township, where Miss Pond died. The funeral will be held from the house Wednesday morning at 11 o'clock. Dr. C.E. Blanchard officiating. Burial was in Lion Lake Cemetery. Now, actually, this is, I'm, when I do these podcast episodes, I kind of read almost like a script from the research blogs, so I didn't even notice her birth date was given in the obituary, so she was born on April 7th, 1829, as a correction. And also from the Find a Grave article, or the Find a Grave memorial page, there was another article from around the same date on January 19th, well, a couple, three days later, on January 19th, 1923, which reads, Ceresco, Miss Wayne Ulrich and Miss Helen Hutchinson's attended the funeral of Miss Ulrich's grandmother, Miss Eliza Pond, Wednesday. Miss Harry Osborne supplied as teacher for Miss Hutchins. Which is another little, I love seeing little tidbits like this in newspapers and things like that, because it really kind of adds to how the family was oriented in this area. And I also was able to find a photograph of James and Eliza, and I also included uh, the photographs of their headstones, all included in the research blog from both their Find a Grave memorials, as well as some people on Ancestry who had some photographs. And one thing that I saw that I kind of thought was really awesome was the one photograph featuring Eliza, one of their children, and James was actually in the notes and mentioned that it was recovered and identified in an online auction, which is a similar coincidence to that of how I found my work. So I thought that was really awesome that they are identified. Now, in addition to his obituary, I was able to locate some probate records for James from 1898, where Baker C. Pond, was, his son, was the executor from Calhoun County, Michigan. So Baker C. Pond was the administrator of the estate, and the probate, as I mentioned before, was from Calhoun County. So the one page, so I like talking about these other details because probates, I think, are one of those records, and I kind of learned this in my genealogy course, are kind of overlooked in a sense, but when you can find them, they can be a goldmine of family information as well as some little details. So the one is the selling of depths or from basically as Baker C. Pond as the administrator, which includes stock on the farm, tools, wheat, wool, 35 grain bags, household furniture, and some other stock. And I included all the photos of these in my research blog, so you can take a look there to actually see the images and kind of read through them more carefully. And I can also include the probate article as well. So in the matter, and this is another page from the probate, it reads, In the matter of the estate of James E. Pond, deceased, we, Jenny M. Walker, James H. Pond, George A. Pond, Murdy V. Sharpstein, and Baker C. Pond, with Baker C. Pond as the administrator. So in here, 
I didn't list when I listed the children initially, but it also kind of corrects the narrative of the children as well as some of their married names. And another page talks about Baker C. Pond being the administrator of said estate, praying for all the allowances of his final account. It appears, and another quote reads, it appearing to the court that the final account of said administrator is correct and ought to be allowed and further to the court that all debts, funeral charges, expenses of administration and allowances for the maintenance of the family of the said deceased. The, and another quote reads, there remains, however, to be assigned to the following described real estate, all those certain pieces of parcels of land situate in the township of, township of Marshall, County of Calhoun, and State of Michigan, described as follows to it. The northeast corner of Section 8, Town 2, South Range 6, West, the west half of the west, half of the northwest quarter of the Section 3, and more information kind of about the property. Another quote reads, It further appearing that Eliza A. Pond, widow of said deceased, died sometime since, and that the dower rate of said widow terminated at her death. Another quote reads, To Jenny M. Walker, Marie V. Sharpstein, James H. Pond, George A. Pond, and Baker C. Pond, each an equal undivided one-fifth interest in and to any and any real estate, wherever situate, of which said deceased died, seized, in fee simple, absolutely and forever. It is further ordered that this the final account of said administrator be and the same is hereby allowed. And it also includes a signature of James E. Pond when he filed his will. And one of my favorite kind of records that I find is these biographical records. I found it in a previous episode, I believe, I'm not sure of the exact one, but it was for the Japanese minister, and it actually had really detailed biographical accounts, which, aside from obituaries, and sometimes, you know, even the census records, where I have to kind of write their stories, is somewhat unheard of, and I want to thank that this relative for including it, and it actually has the story of both James E. Pond and his wife, Eliza Stilson Pond, which was from the Count Coon County History Record, which was published in 1891, and it reads as follows. James E. Pond, born September 14, 1820, in Franklin County, New York. James enjoyed limited school privileges and was early to work, his father dying before he entered his teens. He went two and a half miles to school in the cold winter weather. The school was held in a log house and kept up by the rate bills. When he was 14, young Pond went out to work, being obliged to do what he could for the younger members of the family. He cleared timbers and made black salt charcoal. When he was 22, he started out for Wisconsin, where his older brother Parker lived, traveling overland to Buffalo, crossing Lake Erie to Detroit, and thence with a team to Marshall Calhoun County, Michigan, where he stopped with his friends. And I'm just going to take a pause here because seeing you know this kind of fills in the gaps of how he went from new york all the way to michigan you kind of have this really cool detailed account between when he was born in the 1820s to 1850 of the early 30 years of his life where a lot of these records would probably be hard to find i only saw up to the 1850 census so this is a really cool record and it also talks about his early upbringing and his family and siblings which is a genealogist gold mine because then you could find records for the sibling and all that type of stuff. He decided, and to continue, he decided not to continue his journey. 
as his resources were almost exhausted. His cash capital 50 cents, but he borrowed $14 and was here at work making and saving. He chopped cordwood during the winter of 1842 and in the spring became a farmhand. During the ensuing four years, he took various jobs connected with the development of land and worked on the Michigan Central Railroad, which was building the track between Marshall and Soresco. On February 16, 1845, Mr. Pond married Miss Eliza Stilson, who was born in Jefferson County, New York, and came hither with her parents in 1843. They began housekeeping on a farm, which worked on shares. In 1835, he bought his home farm, only a few acres of which had been broken and which had no improvements upon it. Mr. Pond gave his days to hard work, clearing, removing grubs, and breaking virgin soil. And before many years lapsed, he saw about him the cultivated fields and good buildings which repaid him for his labors. Mr. Pond was a member of the Lockwood School Board for 15 years, but declined all other public offices. A Democrat, he was offered a delegate to county convention. He often served on the jury, and on one occasion in the celebrated Stark Weather case in 1857, when Leonard Stark Walker was tried for killing his wife by hitting her over the head with a club. The trial lasted 14 days, and he was convicted of manslaughter. His wife, a capable, energetic woman, had been a faithful helpmate. Eliza Pond was a tiny woman, but she made up for her lack of size and spirit and ambition. She was always up at the crack of dawn and busy all day. Her parents were Baker and Lozen's Frank Stilson, and they lived near Waterton, New York, where Eliza was born on the April 7, 1829. She was the eldest of five children, the others being Mary, Maria, Sarah, and Henry. The mother died soon after the family came to Michigan, where they settled in Eckford Township, south of Marshall, on what was called in those days Lion Lake Prairie. Eliza had many tales to tell of her early life in New York, where, un- where she quotes, Uncle Nabob had a sloop on the Indian River. Baker Stilson's parents were Henry and James Stilson, who lived in a little town in Jefferson County, New York, called Philadelphia. Baker had a sister, Catherine, and a brother, Brother Briggs, who spent their last days at home of James Pond, and are buried in Hotchkiss Cemetery. So, just a review and a little recap. It is, you know, really awesome to kind of see that kind of story of their early life and families on both sides. And that's why I kind of went a little more general when I first talked about them, because this account was so detailed and had such great records. The only thing that was um, contradictory was where they were buried, which from what I found was in Lion Lake Cemetery, but it could have possibly changed names. But this is according to a translated record or a transcribed record. So some of the details could be a little bit off, but nonetheless, that account was probably one of the most detailed I've read when it comes to genealogy research. And I really thought that was a really cool account. We'll be right back to talk about the story of Murdy and Baker Pond right after a little break. So here is the story of Murdy Pond. So Murdy Pond would then marry her husband, Ralph A. Sharpstein, on the 18th of March, 1898, at the age of 28. 
The couple lived in Marshall, Emmett, and Battle Creek, which were all in Calhoun County, Michigan. Now, Ralph worked as a farmer, and the couple had six children, including a stillborn son in 1899, Jenny, from 1900 to 1992, Ethelin, born in 1901 and dying a year later in 1902, Viola, which honestly is one of my favorite names from this time period, from 1903, Ethel from 1905, Paul from 1906, and Clara, who was born in 1908 and died in 1918, and all of the children were born in Michigan. Ralph would pass away at the age of 88 on the 8th of September 1960. Eliza would pass away on the 7th of January 1964 at the age of 96. So both of them and the couple lived for long and fulfilled lives, which I really thought was awesome. And the couple is buried in Oak Ridge Cemetery in Marshall County, Michigan, with the headstone actually including their marriage date, which is also a really cool thing to see these little details included because sometimes if you need to correct dates or see discrepancies, you can kind of compare, you know, if you see a date on a headstone versus a date on like a marriage record, which I think is really important. And I included the photograph of the headstone in the blog. Now, for her brother... Baker C. Pond, he would marry Ruby Louise Andrus on the 20th of February, 1895, in Marshall, Michigan, at the age of 24. The couple would live in Marshall, Michigan their whole lives, and like his father, Baker worked as a farmer throughout his lifetime. Assuming also, as if you remember previously, he was the administrator of the estate and they had split that farming property that his father James had, so he probably worked off his father's land which his father had gotten from basically the ground up, which is honestly a beautiful story in of, it, in of its own. Now, the couple would only have two children, Marion E. Pond, who was born in 1896, and Wesley B. Pond, who was born in 1898 and passed in 1982. Now, his wife Ruby would pass away on the 18th of February 1931 in Battle Creek, Michigan, at the age of 54 with the cause of death listed as post-operation, and there's a little part that I couldn't read, and then also tonal renal suppression, which is like kidney failure. And and this was according to her death certificate, because at this time in Michigan, the death certificates went up to around 1870 to 1950, so that's why we didn't see a death record per se for Ralph and Marty. I also didn't locate a death certificate for their parents, but we do have their burial record, which, and the story and all these accounts. So I think that's pretty interesting, you know, to have all that information alongside their obituaries, you know, it would be nice to have and could be found eventually if someone were to seek it. But anyways, and it actually also lists the date of the operation because I was curious to see kind of how long ago that operation had happened before she had passed. And the operation was on the February 11th, 1931, which was only a week prior. So she likely had some operation and experienced complications with kidney failure. And at the time, you know, medicine probably wasn't that good. And who knows? And she was quite young for her age. And she was buried on February 20th, 1931. Now, Baker, who is, also in, who is in the photograph alongside his sister, Marty, would pass away on May 13th, 1952, at the age of 61, from rectal cancer. Or, as I think it says in the death certificate, carcinoma of the rectum. 
and he was buried on May 15, 1952. And the couple, like his sister Marty, is also buried in Oak Ridge Cemetery in Marshall, Michigan. So where the photograph was taken was in Marshall, and the family lived around that area their whole lives, which is quite awesome, because sometimes I have photographs where they kind of, the families move around a lot. So it's kind of cool to see they really stuck where their father had ended up traveling to alongside uh, their mother, Eliza. And it's also cool to note that James's story in particular is that almost of manifest destiny. You know, at that time, it was a big thing, especially in the early to mid 1800s to kind of travel towards the West. And, you know, who knows why he chose Michigan, but from the account, it says that he lost a lot of his funds. So maybe he was thinking of going further, but who knows? But the family would end up having a farm and, you know, the rest is history for how the family ended up. And Ruby and Baker have a really lovely headstone listed as mother and father. The inscription is quite beautiful. And I included the picture of the cemetery in the blog as well. Now, Every time I do one of these blogs, I also try to look into the photographer because now I'm taking a history of photography course and I always, you know, if I could find something interesting on the photographer to kind of place the photograph and further confirm the date. Sometimes, you know, if I'm working off a first name or something, this really does help. But with the full names and brother and sister and a lot of the well-researched trees, I was able to kind of easily locate the family. And I also wanted to kind of confirm it considering its age that it's from the late 1800s, meaning that this photograph is well over 100 plus, almost 150 years old. And for it to survive, end up in an antique store in New Jersey, and then be in my hands and now sent back to a descendant is pretty awesome. Now, the back of the photograph had a photographer named J.E. Mast, located at number 78 State Street over Butler's Grocery Store, located in Marshall, Michigan. Now, and I, as I mentioned before, this is where the Pond family lived. Now, the photographer's full name was John Edward Mast, and I located that according to a directory of early Michigan photographers. And the date that the directory had for the studio was 1888 to 1891. And to me, that seemed like a little late for the photograph, considering the children were kind of born in the late 1800s, early 1700s, I kind of thought for the relative, you know, time frame of the photograph that it didn't fit. So I decided to dig a little further to kind of see what I could find. And another source, and it was actually cool because it was from another blog similar, very similar to mine called The Rescue Photo, which I included the link to, um, discusses a photograph from the fall of 2017 that states that John Edward Mast, the photographer ran a studio in Marshall, Michigan from 1876 up until 1888. So that gives kind of a better time frame for me for the photograph. And it fits well into the range of the children's ages at the time with Murdy looking a little older and um, Baker looking quite young around like a toddler, maybe three, four years old. So it kind of really does fit within that spectrum of when the photograph was taken, you know, and that's why I kind of do this to kind of date them. And then also, um, I located 
a fam another family portrait because a lot of times a lot of either resellers unfortunately or even historical societies like the Marshall Digital Archive also includes collections of their photographs and it helps place the photograph in a time of history and also kind of maybe see if there's any other information on the photo photographer themselves. And they have the dates for their photograph from 1883 to 1888. So it seems he had run his studio from 1876 up until around 1891, with kind of the middle ranges being from around 1883 to around 1888 to be confirmed. 1888 seems like a common time period. He might have moved between 1888 to 1891, although he, I believe, in the directory, it was listed in Calhoun County, all of which I included links to so you can explore yourself if you're curious. And like I mentioned previously, these earlier dates match the time period for the children's ages that they appeared in the portrait, so I thought that was interesting to note to kind of add further detail and confirmation to the photograph. And, you know, something that I consider is who wrote the names on the back of the photograph, you know? And that's something really interesting to note because you have to understand that it was someone who knew that they were brother and sister, you know, whether this be one of their grandchildren or great-grandchildren, you know, obviously, you know, we'll never know. But it's also just an interesting perspective because I do, sometimes the photos the back of the old photographs are written by probably the either photographer or the person themselves, which is even more remarkable. But this seems like it was written in a more like modern pen, but who knows? And it's also overall just kind of amazing that the photograph survived time and was able to be recognized by me. And I am very grateful that I'm and so, so happy that I'm able to return this photograph back to the loved one. And I actually received a letter in the mail today from them, and it was dated on January 27th, 2023, which reads, Julian, thank you again for the photo. And I'm, you know, getting letters and stuff like that has always been something that I keep. I keep all the letters and all the thanks for this project, even all my emails you know, it's really awesome to have that interaction with a relative and know that the photograph is back with a loved one. And it's funny because my last photograph in Michigan kind of, you know, I was able to blow up a little bit with the um, the interview for Voyage Michigan Magazine. You know, it's kind of interesting that all these photographs from Michigan end up in New Jersey, but it could just be a pure coincidence. Who knows? So, I want to thank the relative and all the additional family historians on Ancestry and Find a Grave who were able to assist and help tell the Pond family story and included detailed photographs and records. And if you are related to the Pond family, you are interested in a digital copy of the photograph, or have any questions or comments, please email me at thechosenfamiliesproject at gmail.com. Remember that you are loved and that you're always welcome here. Take care. Bye.